Hello and welcome to episode 13 of Under the Cull with MS. Today, we're going to get into some Wolverine-related comic books to start out with. Because it kind of relates to our whole intermittent fasting thing, dealing with the animals starving and stuff like that. So, we're going to start out with Origin 2. I believe Origin 1 may have come out back in the 90s. I'm not sure if there was an earlier version of it or not. But this one is uh, from Marvel Comics. Adam Kubert, Frank Martin, Kieran Gillen. The story about Wolverine, when he back had the bone claws, he's living with a pack of wolves, and there's, he's hunting with them, living with them, eating with them, playing with them, basically part of the pack. Somehow they accepted him in as their, their own. There is a, Hungry lone wolf off in the distance named Scar that's just unaccepted by the pack. And one day Wolverine comes across a strange creature that doesn't belong in the woods. It ends up being a polar bear. He has a little tag on his mouth that you notice right away. So, you know, he's got some type of association with some uh, organization that's doing testing on him or experimenting or something like that on him. So, could be some type of special bear that they're working on. And it escaped from the facility or whatever and got into the woods and doesn't belong there because he's a polar bear. So, he doesn't know how to hunt. He's trying to, poor thing's trying to survive in the ponds and lakes and stuff thinking how he would hunt in the rivers and stuff and try and scoop the fish up but he can't find it he's they he's not used to berries and stuff so he doesn't eat the berries like the black bears and grizzly bears around that area would but eventually one day on a hunt wolverine's out and about and all of a sudden you hear a a female wolf crying out and Wolverine runs back from the hunt and finds that the bear has gotten into the den and slaughtered the whole entire family the pups and everything which in reality the wolf the bear would do a polar bear would do it in the wild too just eat the seal pups and stuff like that that he could get his hands on you can't blame the guy. He's hungry. He's wandering in the woods. He's got to do something to survive. And Wolverine finds him with the, the slaughter and runs down and attacks him. And the bear rips Wolverine, chunk of Wolverine out and tosses it and leaves Wolverine to die. And then Wolverine just Basically, at the same time as the bear ripped 
chunk of Wolverine out. Wolverine also did his normal jab and the claws right into the head of the bear, neck of the bear. Bear just wanders off and dies. Then the lone wolf comes down, decides to start feeding on the carcasses that are just laying there. It's like someone has to feed on them, otherwise it's just wasted, wasted flesh. So he goes down and starts feeding, then he's feeding on Wolverine's throat. And Wolverine, of course, has his healing powers, his healing factors. As he heals up, he wakes up to find the wolf gnawing on him. Basically kills that, that wolf and puts his claws through his skull. Basically the natural order, but yet Wolverine has those extra powers, so it's a little bit unfair to the natural order. But apparently there's not enough critters in the woods because in the second issue it goes on to a group of people that are tracking Wolverine, trying to figure out what this creature, human creature is. Well, they don't know it's a human, I guess, to start with, but they find out it's a human creature. And just so happens that the head tracker happens to be Sabretooth, which if you're a comic book follower and you know anything about the Wolverine thing with the adamantium and everything Wolverine has the adamantium bones and claws and the healing factor and Sabretooth also has it but he has basically just like tiger claws he has the ability of the adamantium also if you want to get back into the Origins of Wolverine, that's a good way to get up to date on the basics before the adamantium and everything. The original one was also a good story. I believe there, I think it was like a five issue. The first one, I'm not sure how many this is. I only have the first two of it to start with. Then I also picked up True Believers number one, Wolverine Evolution. Which, if you want the basic storyline about Wolverine and Sabretooth, this takes you into an updated fight where Wolverine finds out that uh, Sabretooth is being housed at the X-Men with the X-Men, and he goes in and attacks Sabretooth and goes back into some flashback stories and you get to see where the reason why Wolverine hates Sabretooth so much because he attacks his girlfriend back in the day and find out more if you read that storyline. I don't really want to spoil that all of what all happened between Sabretooth, Wolverine and everything back then, but Good one to read if you want to get up to date on the origins of all that. And since that was all very depressing, I got this week's Deadpool number six. Deadpool always me. 
make you happy <laughs> with all his comedic rants and stuff. But in this one, when monsters took over Staten Island, thanks to a centuries old legal claim, Deadpool was hired to slay the monster king. Wade, Wade killed the king, which according to monster law made him the new king of the monsters. Being king turned out to be a lot less fun than it seemed. Deadpool's reign began with numerous bureaucratic complaints, a hostile royal guard corpse, the appearance of monster hunter Elsa Bloodstone, and tense relations with the neighbors. But after saving his monsters, saving his monster citizens from a killing spree by craving the hunter, Deadpool gained the trust of his royal subjects and finally seems to be getting the hang of this king thing. Meanwhile, the X-Men have been sitting pretty on the mutants-only island nation of Krakoa. Portals to the island have been set up all over the world, with two in Manhattan, but one former borough remains noticeably unportaled. Basically, Wolverine's jealous that the, he can't get onto X-Men Island. And he's sitting around playing his little cards, which I've talked about his little character cards, creature cards that he's made for like Squirrel Girl so she could identify the different superheroes and supervillains that she comes across. But he's sitting there playing cards with Jeff the Land Shark and one of his other monsters from Monster Island. And you're going on, and he finds out this one card that he has. Which there's this character that's a gel, gelatin like character. So he is a mutant. And Deadpool figures, well, heck, if I can crawl inside this jelly creature, then he can walk on the mutant island, go through the portal, and get him onto X-Men's Island. And, of course, you got the fun play with Jeff Landshark, where Deadpool crawls into the character and his butt's sticking out of his mouth. And Jeff Landshark jumps up and bites Deadpool's ass and just clamps onto it. But uh he gets into the mutant island and all of a sudden all the X-Men characters appear and confront Deadpool, fight with him, attack him and he works out a thing and they say that they'll allow him to come once in a while as long as he behaves himself and stuff like that. But that's not good enough for Deadpool. He wants his own little arch so he can go to the island whenever he feels like. But yeah, it's just a fun little exploration with Deadpool and Jeff the Land Shark, which is always always fun. And then if you want even more comedic rants, you can they make these different ones. This one's from 1995 called Marvel Riot by Marvel Absurd. Uh, It basically makes fun of the Age of Apocalypse era 
you got little board games inside with cutout pieces that you can put together. You got multiple storylines with all the different characters just picking on them for everything they do. And just these are always fun. The basic parodies. And this one is since it's done by Marvel, they can parody the actual names, whereas not done by Marvel, you gotta play around with the names a lot. Yeah, those are something fun to look at if you need something to cheer you up once in a while. But let's get to it. We're going to talk about this. I wanted to get it more into the whole intermittent fasting. I'm on day two now. Basically, intermittent fasting, what is it if you don't know? It basically comes in two main forms. One is just periodically not eating. The other is called FMD, which stands for Fasting Mimicking Diet. In the Fasting Mimicking Diet version, version, you reduce your calories instead of not eating, which is a better way to go, a safer way to go. But Kevin Smith, if you know him at all, he's basically had the Widowmaker and survived through it. And then he went basically, I think, vegetarian. I don't think it was vegan. I think it was vegetarian. And he lost a bunch of weight through that. And then he found out about intermittent fasting, I believe, through like Joe Rogan and stuff. And he started talking about it. And then he brought up a thing about it after a certain point certain amount of hours of intermittent fasting, apparently our body can start to produce themselves. So that interest interested me quite a bit because it's like, I can't afford to go overseas for stem cell surgery and they won't do anything with stem cells yet. In the U.S., that's just a regular operation uh, that we can get set up through our insurance or whatever but i have yet to hear of anything that we're allowed to do for our for that i want to know more i'm obsessed with the stem cells with the way they supposedly can repair different parts of our system and stuff so i wanted to find out more about that but uh an article published in the December 26th issue of the New England Journal of Medicine seems to further confirm the health benefits of going extended periods of time without food. Um, the intermittent fasting promotes cellular health by triggering an evolutionary adaption for enduring times where food was scarce or non-existent. Basically, our ancestors back in the dinosaur age and stuff, I guess. And if you look at it that way, yeah, they could hunt for their food. You'd spend your whole day hunting, and then you'd eat at night. So it's like they'd have they'd have no choice but to fast. I don't know if that means that everybody should do that. We also had the Western days where people were lucky to live into their twenties ran around shooting everybody doesn't make it right that you should do that now just because they did that in the past 
But, uh, yeah. If, uh, <laughs> metabolic switching is the change that occurs when sugar based calories are unavailable for a quick burn and the body ignite, ignites a slower metabolic metabolic process of burning stored fat for energy. This is how the link between fasting and stem cell. Studies show that regularly clicking on this primordial switch suppresses inflammation, increases the resistance to stress, heightens sugar regulation, and can even decrease blood pressure, blood lipid levels, and resting heart rate. All helpful things when our ancestors weren't sure when their next meal may be. However, most Americans, three-plus meals a day kills the switch, negating any of the health benefits. So fasting and stem cell function. Fasting has also been shown to help stem cells in animals and humans. Other researchers have found that even 24 hours of fasting can boost stem cell function, even if you're older. Hence, there's a distinct connection between fasting and stem cells, so using one of these methods before a stem cell procedure may help, may well help your procedure outcome. Well, if you're getting stem cells, I don't know why you're building stem cells same time but i can see how they can help your body accept them and regulate them easier than just instantly getting stem cells put into you and having your body shocked by that introduction there are three methods recommended for intermittent fasting are narrowing the window in which you eat not eating for two days at a time or using a fasting mimicking diet Uh, reducing when you're eating to a six to eight hour window. Uh, which would mean like not eating until 9.30 a.m., wake up at 5.30, you eat your usual lunch, and then eating your dinner at 5.30 p.m. and nothing else until bedtime. The other... Option is called the 5-2 method, where a meal is consumed two days per week while ingesting only water the other five days. Usually lemon water or light teas are recommended on fasting days. From speaking with patients and colleagues who have used this method, the first one to two days are hard, but then things get easier after those times. The other option is the fasting mimicking diet or FMD, that involves reducing calories to around 1,000 calories for two two days and then usually dropping to about 500 calories for the rest of the five days. This one has been shown to improve the cellular function of pancreatic cells in diabetic patients. There is a commercial product for this approach called Prolon, which takes the whole time on the Diet a bit easier. I've never heard of that. So. The upshot 
is fasting and stem cells have a demonstrable connection, hence you may want to add in one and above fasting protocols, especially if you're considering a stem cell procedure. Uh, just find the one that works best for you. I personally uh, started these first two days, and what I do is my fasting is from 10 p.m. till 2 p.m., which gives me 10, 11, 12, 14 hours of fasting. And I start with that, and then I'll work my way up from there to see where I can go. I'm not sure what the actual uh, results are, What, how long you have to go before anything happens with stem cells and stuff. But I know Kevin Smith was saying he heard, was told that I think it's 72 hours. After 72 hours of fasting, you, uh, your body starts to produce the stem cells to help repair your, your body's problems and stuff. And that's something I'm trying to work forward to. I don't recommend it for anybody. I'm not a doctor. So if you're going to do anything like this, definitely talk to your doctor. Because if you have any things like if you're diabetic and stuff, it can really mess up with your system, I'm sure. And if you have other problems and stuff, you probably have issues with it. But I did it for a while, and I was used to it. And then I had a doctor that just pushed me into eating breakfast and stuff. And then I just started gaining weight and feeling like crap again. So I just... I felt better when I was doing my intermittent fasting. So I figured between that, getting at least a half hour yoga or whatever workout in and my meditation and everything, I can at least keep on that routine again. It's, that's when I felt the best. And then I just got to get back to my old meal routine where I had I have quite a few recipes that I affected to my taste and actually helped me quite a bit with anti-inflammatory properties and stuff. But nothing really gets rid of all the pain. So. But yeah, if you're interested in it, read up more on it, research it more. I'll let you know more as I find out more information on it, but I'm going to try it for a while and see how it goes. And that's, I wanted to get that one in since I started to talk about intermittent fasting yesterday. I wanted to get the rest of it talked about today so I didn't leave anybody hanging or confused. Get you into doing something that might harm you or make you not feel good or whatever. So definitely don't try it unless you talk to your doctor. And, let them know what your plans are and they can let you know what their opinions are, but that can, as we know, can just about anything. Some doctors are stuck on the days old. Some have their own new concepts and ideas and they like to push all the different 
things. And I just, like I've said in the past, I don't believe in just going paleo or just going vegan or vegetarian or anything like that. I believe you should just find your meals around what you enjoy and what makes your body feel good and not, and just get away from all the sugary and processed crap that you can substitute. That's what we do. Suppose I could. I don't know if I ever gave it. Yeah, I'm sure I probably did talk about a salad dressing in the past, but it's like I gotta get myself a new batch made up this week. But uh, basically, just fifty-fifty olive oil, apple cider vinegar, and then I crush up garlic, throw some. Cracked black peppers, sea salt, some cayenne peppers. Squeeze like a half a lemon in there. Whatever seasoning you want and enjoy for your salads. Italian seasoning is always good for just about anything. I like using it on my vegetable, grilled vegetables and stuff like that too. But yeah. Just modify and get away from those ranches and thousands and those creamy salad dressings and stuff. Load up on all the goodies, cucumbers, tomatoes, all that. Have a monster salad after your day of fasting or whatever. (laughs) Enjoy your day and hope you'll learn something from what I had to offer.